everyone. I'm Brian. And I'm Slippy. And this is Snorkeling with Narwhals. And you went by Slippy this time. <laughs> yeah, well, go by you know, at, at some point, people have to know one or the other, right? They're like, so there's this guy, Brian, and he hosted, but sometimes it's with Matt and sometimes it's with Slippy. We never know which one's going to be on the show, uh, but you should listen. That's that's me promoting our own show as if I'm someone else. But anyway, it has been a while since we recorded. We'll chalk that up to life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness and just us doing our stuff. Uh, speaking of all of those governmental terms, uh, what have you been up to today, Slippy? Because I have been filing my taxes. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did those a little while ago. It's such a pain. Uh, I had a slow morning. I, I was up pretty late last night um, with Good Friday stuff, so uh, I just basically had coffee and turned on my mic. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, taxes are coming up. And then yeah. I think at some point this week, I was like, oh, no, taxes are coming up. And then luckily, it's not how it used to be, where it was always uh, April 15th. And I'm guessing it's because of Good Friday, because um, some places consider that a holiday. Banks uh, do, I think, right? No, I don't think so. Oh, is it? It's not one of those. Okay. It's not. But it's one of those that, because of Easter, a lot of places, I think, will count it. So right. I'm guessing the government was just like, yeah, let's, you know, let's leave it. But um, that's yeah. why I was wondering why it was such a soft date. I'm like, I thought it was like a hard and fast. Yeah, it always used to be like, file your taxes by the 15th like April or you, 15th. Or you yeah. die. Um, and it's so it's so silly, by the way, like the process. Maybe we we dive into this a little bit. Let's do so, it. I, I just feel like, you know, you just did all this work basically to figure out the numbers and then you're going to submit it to the IRS and then they're going to tell you if you were right or wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, guess and check, you know, here you go. Maybe I forgot some paperwork. I get it in the mail later because, you know, something somebody was slow. And then I'm like, oh, shoot, am I going to be, you know, hauled away for tax evasion? Right. And I'm it's, like, it's like just. I'm I'm sort of of the mind if you know what you want from me anyway just like bill me <laughs> yeah I've heard that before too where it's like don't they know how much you make and yeah. what you owe like and I could be completely wrong here because I'm not a tax expert no but like I'm doing it today and you look at all the available credits and deductions I'm like I don't know what half of these things mean and I'm scared that I'm going to miss something <laughs> well and then you know we overcomplicate things on the other side like how much you withhold how much you don't blah blah yeah. blah and it ends up being like okay this year I owe a ton of money or this year I get like a huge return for me personally right. the target is always like get it close-ish to zero Okay. But like, you know, there's so many factors that go into that. Like you can't really control that because that would mean you have you have other other things controlled in your life. But uh, yeah, it's just so, so irritating. And I guess it probably stems from like we we want at least uh, some semblance of, you know, the government's not just like pulling the wool over your eyes and like, oh, you owe this much. This You'd be like, year. Well, I'm going to figure out how much I owe. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But we instead we have like we have this idea that we figure it out when in reality they just they just tell you. <laughs> um, so after we're done here, I have one last part of it to finish. So then I'll be officially taxed out for the year until April 15th of 2023. And when I remember I have to do my taxes, um, 
<laughs> but that was not what we planned on talking about at the beginning of this episode. No, so... I, I was triggered. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, actually, we were going to talk a little about pop uh, soda for those who were wrong. Mm-hmm. But because uh, I've been trying a couple recent. I love pop like way too much, way more than the average person probably should. Mm-hmm. And in the past couple of days, I've tried a couple new things. So I tried Nitro Pepsi or Pepsi Nitro, whatever they want to call it. Um, it is the one I had was like called Vanilla Draft Soda. Oh, OK. I, I really want to try the whole lineup. It, yeah. It's well, there's like, two. There's two. OK. Well, I went on their website and it is like because I was curious after watching the the ad. It's like, oh, it's a Nitro Pop. All right. I like some some beers that are like, you know, pressurized with nitrogen yeah and for those who don't know smoother yeah for those who don't know the idea is supposedly according to wikipedia and the internet uh that yeah it's they use nitrogen so like when you crack the can it releases nitrogen it it's more foamy it's creamier Mm -hmm. um it's not as carbonated um so i tried the vanilla one today and i was mildly impressed okay yeah, so, I was worried it would be like flat Pepsi. It's kind of flat. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's the problem. It it remind my mom suggested a root beer float, which is probably a good idea how like when you have a root beer float when it mixes with the ice cream, like it kind of loses the carbonation. Mm-hmm. Um so it was fine. You you have to pour it straight down into the glass. That's what they want you to do. Right. Uh, and um, whenever I read that, I was like this is a sign that there's like people are not going to get like the carbonation the foaminess that they really want out of it unless they're basically doing a bad pour like you're shocking the the beverage into producing foam right because if you normally pour a can of pop into a glass i always tilt the glass so you're Mm -hmm. not getting so much foam you're getting straight pop which I think is similar to what they do with beer. I don't drink beer. <laughs> yes. I think it's gross. Come on, um, Ryan. That's college 101. <laughs> I drink rum if yeah. I drink anything. But yeah. um, yeah, so it was kind of flat. Not like undrinkably so. Um, It was creamy, definitely more creamy, like smoother. So it was good. I have another one. I have like a regular... I don't know, like the regular Pepsi version in the fridge mm-hmm. that I'm going to try later. So we'll see, see how that goes. They they have like these mixed drink ideas as well that you can like combine this new nitro Pepsi with these other like other ingredients and make a new concoction basically. Mm-hmm. And I'm very curious to do that. Like if I get it and I don't like the taste as it is out of the can, then, you know, I will... I'm not going to waste it because I think it's fairly expensive for pop. But, you know, I'll try those other things. But, yeah, I'm I'm curious. I, I'm, I got to get around to, to the store and, and get that. Yeah. Um. So that was the first thing I tried. The second one is infinitely more interesting. And I had seen it on the Internet. It went viral. But it actually I didn't realize they were releasing it like in stores everywhere. Uh, Flamin' Hot Mountain Dew. Now, for those who really know me, they know that my pop of choice is Mountain Dew. (laughs) 
pretty much any flavor, although some are lesser than others. Some of the, the better ones are Voltage, Blue Raspberry, mm-hmm. Major Melon, it's a watermelon, Baja Blast, it's some tropical thing. Uh, those are three. <laughs> the, the Taco Bell original. The Taco Bell original. One that you can only get at Kroger's, which we don't have, and I'm sad because it used to be that you could ship it. You could get it shipped from Kroger. Uh, it's mm-hmm. called Thrashed Apple, and it's like a sour green apple, and it's delicious. It is so good when it's ice cold. That's not what I'm talking about, though. I'm talking about flaming Hot Mountain Dew. Um, I was talking to someone, and they said that, you know, it tasted... They were like, they mentioned cinnamon. I was like, well, that would make sense. You know, cinnamon Mountain Dew. It's a weird combo, but cinnamon would make sense as a flavor. They've done cinnamon Pepsi. It's not cinnamon. I don't know what it is, but it's spicy. Like, it is actually spicy Mountain Dew. Interesting. Like a a pepper spice or... Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know. Uh, Our friend Evan asked me that too. He's like, is it like a red pepper, like chipotle pepper? I'm like, I don't know, probably like a red pepper. I mean, there's definitely a bite to it. And uh, the first sip you take of it, it reminds me of doing a shot of rum, like spiced rum, Mm. where you're like, wow, that was strong. And then the more you drink it, like, it it almost depends on how you drink it. If you take just like a small sip, you get like you get a certain amount. If you take like a good sip of the pop, you get more of a natural like, okay, this tastes like Mountain Dew that's Mm. spicy and it'll like kind of linger in your throat. So it's good. I would say that it is a good pop. Um, It's complex, though. It's complex. And I mentioned to Evan that it was like, again, it depends on the sip. Like not every taste tastes the same, which is weird because for things that are like processed heavily like mountain dew would be you expect every taste to be the same um but it almost reminded me like they like they dumped some pepper like some tabasco in there but didn't mix it so some sips you get more than you do on the others um so i was impressed i don't know how much of it i'm gonna want to drink although i did buy two 12 packs oh my gosh well you know if i'm gonna if i'm gonna try it i gotta you know i gotta try it um you should you should start talking about pop like like people do about wine oh like... i've discussed having a wine cellar of mountain dew it would be phenomenal and uh today like this we've... this one is flamboyant this is a, a fruity fruity forward uh pepsi <laughs> hold hold the, the glass under your nose for five seconds take a small sip Today we've got a nice 2005 Supernova, which I wish they still made. Actually, I don't wish they still made it. Well, actually I do. It was Strawberry Melon. That was good. We don't really have any Strawberry Mountain Dews. We have Watermelon, but we don't have Strawberry Melon, which, you know, is a nice flavor. That's always a good flavor. Um, But yeah, a wine cellar of Mountain Dew would be awesome, as would my restaurant, Fountain Dew, where the only drinks you can get are different flavors of Mountain Dew. Ooh, I even know where I want to have it. Um, so this is not going to make sense if someone is not familiar with Erie, Pen- Erie Pennsylvania. Um, do you remember the Seawolves Park? Yeah. And how 
like kitty corner from that, there's a parking garage and there's a restaurant attached to that parking garage. Okay. Yeah. Yep. yep That's yep. where I want to have it because the shape of that building is so cool. It's like almost rounded. So that's where Fountain Dew would be. We'd probably serve pub food. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Because what else? I would mean, you, you got to have something to go with it. You know, you can't just be like, hey, everyone come in here to your, I guess, a soda shop, if you will, uh, or a pop Ooh, shop. It, yeah. Ooh, uh, you gave me an idea. It could be like half pub, half like candy store. Mm hmm. Uh, were you with us in Baltimore when we went to a candy store? I think so. Uh, that trip was a little bit of a blur for me. We went into <laughs> a lot of different places very quickly, I felt yeah, like. Yeah, we really did. Uh, we went to Baltimore in 2012. This was like Christmas, or right after Christmas of 2012 for a crew retreat, Campus Crusade for Christ. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they got me because I wasn't actually part of crew. Um, I think our friend Christine kind of just kept asking me until I said yes. Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, it does. That's kind of how I became friends with her too. Mm -hmm. She, she's just that's she's a super bubbly person. We'll have her on sometime. She's great. Yeah, she's great. Um, but yeah, we went to Baltimore and we did we did a lot of things. So you know, in there were always morning sessions and like evening services and stuff so we were busy then but and they try to do breakout stuff during the afternoon but we did kind of try to explore baltimore like really fast and i don't think our groups were together the like at the same time all the time but i do no. think there must have been some overlap because you you had like the pittsburgh contingency i had like the eerie contingency yeah i mean obviously we went to the same school but even still it was like you know we groups drove together i think to right because we were coming there. from break Right. Yes, exactly. Right. Over uh, over like, what would you call that? I guess Christmas break. Yeah. Into New Year's. Yeah. Yeah. And really, we were just in the Inner Harbor area of Baltimore. I love it, though. The Inner Harbor nice. of Baltimore is wonderful. I'd never been before that trip. And I was pleasantly surprised because, frankly, you know, being in Pittsburgh, you don't hear the best things about Baltimore. Well, uh, you guys got a rivalry, at least in football. Right. So it starts there. And then from there, you're just like, oh, that city stinks. You know? <laughs> right. Erie doesn't but, have that with anywhere. We're no. usually the city that like we we they're like, oh, Erie. So you're from Pittsburgh. I'm like, we're not really that close. Not even a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. <laughs> Two and a half hours. Yeah. Like we're equally distant between Buffalo, Cleveland and Pittsburgh. I don't relate to any of those cities. Mm -hmm. So... I'm a Rams fan. Like, stop asking me who I root for. <laughs> Everyone knows. <laughs> Everyone knows. Um, but no, so that, I, I don't even know where we were going. The, the candy shop, we went to a candy shop in a mall, which candy shops are always awesome. I love candy stores, it, like in any mall, you know, where you go in and there's like old school candy or like giant candy, like giant Smarties. Mm -hmm. uh, you can get Pez. It isn't even really about the candy itself. Like it's it's a little bit about the experience. There's some nostalgia wrapped up in some of those. Like Pez obviously is gonna gonna bring that out. But then also like the appearance of the place. Like there's nothing like a candy store. Right. Like when they're you the go best. in, they're so colorful. Mm -hmm. You know, you want you can get like bags of candy. You can get the individually wrapped ones. Like it's just this, you know. And everybody who's in there is happy to be there. It's not like going into, let's say, you know, Walmart or, or your favorite store. You know, you go in, 
and people are like, oh, I got to get groceries. You know, I got to get this done. This is an errand. Like if you're in a candy store, it's not an errand. <laughs> it's literally like the, the kid in the candy shop. Yeah, it was your destination. It was. So where were we going with the candy shop? We There were like multiple layers in this conversation. It went to like Baltimore, upper layer candy shop. Well, you, you had, oh the the pop the pop the pop. So restaurant. you were soliciting for investor money for your new business idea. <laughs> yes, yes. I I want to run a restaurant because I am in such a uh, a position in my life where I can run a restaurant, um, probably better than my own life. But <laughs> no, wouldn't that be cool though? Have like a restaurant where like half the store there's like a candy shop, and then the rest of it is like a pub where you can get like pretzels with beer cheese and like mm. pretzel burgers uh, my sister once had the idea of like thing, things on pretzels i think is what she called it mm. um yeah you can put anything on a pretzel. you can put anything on a pretzel and it's better so yeah. you know things with nacho cheese you could get nacho chip you know I'm, I'm thinking like cool pub but then well that that location too you know you get a lot of you'd have great visibility i would think you'd get a lot of traffic yeah, That'd be, that, that would be awesome. And I don't know if they have a basement, but then you could have the wine cellar of Mountain Dew, which would be really hard to stock. <laughs> I don't think, I, you know, the, the whole like keeping pop and maybe I don't know, but I, I swear nobody pulls out pop and is like, this is a good vintage like th this one <laughs> going well, back to like t it's a 20 year old <laughs> pop. It's like it's just flat and, and maybe a little thick. <laughs> so here's wh what I've heard, because pop. Pop will last past its expiration date. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you see, like, an expired bottle of pop, you're probably okay to drink it, you know? Mm -hmm. Especially if you open it and you get a good fizz off of it. But um, my sister's boyfriend, I think, heard, or his dad had, like, a, a commemorative can for, like, some, you know, some event that was happening. You know, people keep cans they of do. Pepsi when they release things with logos on them or something i think it might have been a star wars one i could also be making that up um and it was like it was half empty while still being closed because it just evaporated oh it evaporated through the top yeah, yeah. so it pop may not keep so the the wine cellar idea might not actually work but man it'd be so cool like or like get a deal with pepsi so now we're thinking big oh yeah get a deal with pepsi to create syrup so we can have like fountains of this like you would also, lose you would definitely lose creative control if, if you did we that, would though. pepsi would take over they take over everything yeah they'd be like you have to have lays products you have to have our yeah. ocean spray our, cranberry juice yeah, our juices <laughs> like, like we don't even serve juice here it's like, here you can have you can have this like orange juice and it's it's alongside like pub chips <laughs> Right, yeah, that, that wouldn't go great. It doesn't mix well, yeah. That was one of the things uh, when we went to Bear and everything was Pepsi. Everything was, was Pepsi. Yeah, like, Penn State the, must have had a deal. They they do. All the drinks are Pepsi and all the chips are Lay's. Like, you're not, you know, anything that I think that can be Pepsi is Pepsi. Uh, which is fine, because I prefer Pepsi products anyway. But, you know, it, I would have liked to be able to walk around campus and grab a Coke. You know, it is nice to have the variety. I, I, uh, I also side with you on the Pepsi front. You know, generally, I like Pepsi a little bit better, and I think like the the category of products that they bring is a better selection. Agreed. But like the mainline Coke, 
Coke is I mean, better than Pepsi. It is at this point. Like in my life, I'm I tend to like a little bit less sweetness, mm-hmm. uh, and Coke provides that. And it if you if you haven't had Coke in like four years of your life, all of a sudden it is going to be the thing that you prefer. Yeah. So the, and I think that's why I made the the flop because originally I really really preferred Pepsi. But yeah, I think I kind of I don't know I. If I went with Pepsi, it was to be a contrarian because my dad's a Coke guy. But mm. um, Coke is definitely better than Pepsi. But Pepsi's got the better product line. Cause like, what? I'm not drinking Mellow Yellow. What the heck? Also, there's Sprite, which is like the most useless pop in the world. It really is. Pepsi's yeah. like, we're going to make Sierra Mist, which is also the most useless pop in the world because it tastes exactly the same as Sprite. Unless you're mixing Sprite with something, it's not worth drinking. Sierra sorry. Mist used not to have... Sorry awesome commercials though in the 90s i remember them advertising like crazy it was like were they even around in the 90s i don't know maybe it was i i mean i'm sure pepsi had some in like 1992 it's like you you sort of mix the late 90s and early 2000s a little bit so i get fuzzy and i like to lean into like being a 90s kid it's like you know i'm a 90s kid i I was born in the 90s but i don't really remember them (laughs) you're preaching to the choir man i i have gone full in on the 90s uh 90s nickelodeon my love of power rangers you know jurassic park oh yeah it really was power rangers definitely that was their moment the boy bands really Mm -hmm. only the backstreet boys there's a correct answer uh on who's the best but That was kind of the later 90s, but so I do remember a lot from the 90s. But yeah, you're, you are right that it does kind of mix with the, two th- the early 2000s. My favorite meme, um, and this is, applies to my cousin, because I have a cousin who was born like in 1999, where it's from Star Wars, where they're like, we grant you a seat at the, the council of <laughs> 90s kids, but, but you not are not a master. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, I was like, I feel like, because I was born in 93, I was like, I feel like that's early enough. Like, I can claim the decade as mine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. I do. We also had Pokemon, you know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and then all of the other, you know, card-based games that, you know, came out as a result of Pokemon's success. It's like, yeah. it, none of you are nearly on this level. I think Digimon started, like, in 2000, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the whole Pokemon craze was like near the end of the decade, but man, the 90s, Uh, while we're on it, the best Nick show, Hey Arnold. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I was never a big Hey Arnold fan. I I think I didn't have like the (laughs) mental capacity for it, maybe. (laughs) I don't know. It was deeper. It wasn't just like, you know, it wasn't just like a goofy cartoon right like they actually talked about stuff and arnold like was trying to help people and do things for people so you know there are other shows yeah i'm a little old school about cartoons like i i actually i really loved uh any of like the the old cartoon network like bugs bunny you know any of those like older shows that you could only watch on certain hours like tom and jerry and stuff it's the stuff that actually predated cartoon right. network I right exactly it it's like yeah they just they just played it like as reruns like tv yeah. land or something and uh yep. yeah i it's it's sort of weird because i was i did not fit in with my generation on that uh on that score because i just you know i thought these old things were were awesome 
and they were, but they're pretty much all the same, like type of joke and, and sort of humor. Uh, yeah. Focused cartoon. And, you know, I guess it is really your preference. Everyone thinks like I've heard this somewhere that everyone thinks their generation of stuff was coolest, which is usually true. Um, Like, you know, my parents love the, the Bugs Bunny and Looney Tunes stuff. I'm like, they're cool. They're fine. My biggest recollection is Space Jam, of course, because right. as we've discussed, I'm obsessed with the 90s. You can't you cannot overstate how significant Space Jam was at the time that it came out. It was like, massive. Like, well, nothing really is comparable to it from beforehand, at least not like from a cultural standpoint. I mean, it's just yeah, totally unique and landed at just the right time to just you know, it the posters were everywhere. Mm-hmm. I just remember it being like this huge thing, like as big as we were just talking about Star Wars, as big as like the Phantom Menace when that came out, it was like, oh my gosh, they have just, George Lucas has just like gotten the next generation hooked again, you know, and and we were all, it was huge. And then of course we watched it and it's like, not so sure about this Jar Jar guy, but. <laughs> I, I will always say that Jar Jar is not nearly as offensive to me as young Anakin. See, I think, I think that it makes sense to to have him be, you know, a little stupid and like and like he's he's a kid, you know, so like we can I can tolerate a little bit more of like the the bad acting maybe and like the the silly lines and whatnot. But like just throwing a, a character in there, Jar Jar Binks, who's just basically at that stage in the series, they weren't even grooming him to be the guy who like presents emergency powers to the Chancellor. Which ultimately is the only reason he's in there. Yeah, I think once they realize that everyone hated Jar Jar, they're like, "Well, we're gonna make you hate him even more because he's gonna ruin." <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> double gonna down ruin on these this. characters' lives. Yeah. Um, but I think the issue I have with Little Anakin, and I was not nearly this harsh. I actually really liked the Phantom Menace, but mm-hmm. again, I was like six years old when it came out, so you know. It was more made for me. Like, I was just reading an interview with Ewan McGregor, uh, mm-hmm. who played Obi-Wan, where he's like, he, he hears all these people now, like our age, like millennials and stuff, where they love the prequels because the prequels were made for them. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, people in the 70s and 80s, like those Star Wars were made for them. That's why they have such an attachment to them. So mm-hmm. I don't have, I mean, The Phantom Menace is not great. It, like that, the whole prequel trilogy is not great. Um, Attack of the Clones is probably the worst, actually. I think I think it is. I do think Phantom Menace for for what it was, given there wasn't. I mean, yeah, there were three Star Wars movies before, but you know, the gap in time, there wasn't really a benchmark for like what to do with a movie like that. Um, I I actually don't I don't dislike the prequels at all. I love I love the Revenge of the Sith. Like, it's it may be my favorite. Well, you know what the first one had that, like, single-handedly dragged the movie to, like, respectability was Liam Neeson. Back back when Liam Neeson actually acted and, like, wasn't just, you know, in Taken. Who, I think Bill Simmons brought that up once. But, uh, yeah. like, Liam Neeson could act. And he is so good in The Phantom Menace. <laughs> he, he is, yeah. I And he's, honestly, he may be better 
as a result of like his demise. Like he, you know, sometimes the, character, the best you mean? thing. Yeah, sometimes the best thing for a performance is to kill it off. Yeah, and like Spoiler I felt alert, that way. I mean, it's been twenty three <laughs> years, but yeah, we we spoil everything here. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like Darth Maul, for instance. You know, obviously somewhere in canon and in legends, I guess he's still alive. Whatever. Can uh, I jump in? Yeah, go ahead. He is. So I was. Uh, I op. I knew that he was alive in like the Clone Wars shows or whatever, but I didn't accept that because I didn't watch them. Right. Um. So in my my head canon, he was dead. Until, yep, Until they brought Solo. him back in Solo for a little cameo. Then you had to accept that he was alive in the movies still. And you're like, well, it's just, dang it. It's just so irritating like, because they started it with that. And it's like when you go down the big pit, when you get thrown down there, especially with your body in half, you're you're done. Yeah, like, that should be it. You know, the emperor, you know, they did that whole thing. And it's like, come on, you know, we we can't be we can't just like keep bringing the old thing back because we don't have original thoughts <laughs> you know? are you talking about jj abrams i don't know i'm not gonna name names it's definitely jj abrams um so are we gonna anger like half of the people who listen by talking about the sequel trilogy are there people who disagree with that position well i haven't heard them maybe i can't hear them <laughs> so first off the issue with the sequel trilogy is that they did not have a cohesive plan for the trilogy they basically let three different people make their own movies except the third one they gave it back to jj abrams so it he is tried shocking to... really when you think about disney that they didn't have right? a plan yeah like how is it possible that the biggest you know group of people in media could not have come up with like like there wasn't a rush nobody was like hey you need to get the first one done by x y and z date i mean sure maybe like People in the back office said that, but mm -hmm. it doesn't count. You know, you buy the franchise like we want it to be. You know, we have expectations. <laughs> Don't just well, shell me with movies that have no, you know, no semblance of of decent plot and, and break that's the, the rules. The Last Jedi, I really liked because it, you know, actually subverted and annoyed most of the fans. I thought it was the funniest thing ever that they did that. Um. But it was also story-wise, it was cool. The basic moral of the movie is that it it doesn't matter who you are as a character. Like, mm -hmm. you can be special. Like, And then The Rise of Skywalker is like, yeah, right. Yeah. Guess what? You need to be force-sensitive. Yeah, like you need to be special or else yeah. you're not important. So uh, that, that bugged me. I actually think The Rise of Skywalker is good as a standalone movie. But when you think about it connected to the others, it does get annoying. Um, yeah, to think I about. didn't. I don't think that I hated it uh, as much as other people did when they first saw it. I think the Last Jedi was extremely irritating to watch the first time through for me. Um, but like the throne room scene, you know, mm. we were talking about. Yeah. Things that can pull a movie up. I mean mm -hmm. that, that. That throne room like, scene is that everything. battle. That battle scene is pretty excellent and. You know, it does, like, it stands out in your mind. You remember it. And then you're like, I don't remember much else about that movie that I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. The other awesome part is uh, when Laura Dern flies the ship through the ship. And yeah. And it goes completely that's... silent. I don't know that there was precedent for that. It was uh, freaking in Star awesome. Wars. It was pretty cool. I, 
I didn't have any issues with that. I thought like, you know, that, that makes sense. You can just zip right through. This is going to be like the ultimate thing. Yeah. I mean, it does make sense if you think about it, but well, or the opposite could have happened where like you, you fly your ship full force into another ship and it just crashes. (laughs) (laughs) They're, They're like, take evasive maneuvers, you know, put the shields up. Like what were the shields going to do? Somebody's going light speed at you. I don't, you know, that's like where the, the tech starts to, to blur. Yeah. Um, but you know we don't we don't need to know we don't details. talk about bruno no <laughs> no 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 but actually so since the last time we recorded i rewatched uh a movie that you claim had a scene in it that makes it stand out above the other three movies or two movies in in the trilogy Ooh, you know i don't I'm even remember about? okay so to quote you you said helm's deep alone <laughs> makes the two towers the best movie of the lord of the rings series yes which which i disagreed with did we I say mean, that on I, the pod or did i text you that uh i think i think it may be in the pod if it's not in the pod folks we do text yeah and also like <laughs> we my do memory, communicate <laughs> my memory is like crap you know <laughs> yeah so you know you you have this opinion about helm's deep and i so what i decided to do was i was you know, I just put the Lord of the Rings on anyway. Uh, and I, I decided I would watch it. So I watched the two towers and, um, I stand by my original position. I think that, you know, it is not, I don't think Helm's Deep makes up for what the other two movies had. I actually think it's, it's the lesser of the three. I think Fellowship packs a lot in. I am, it's growing on me, but the Return of the King just does it for me. Like, and it is the one with all the awards. It it is, but that could also be like you know they always say that it that was like the good job Peter Jackson. This is you know right, this is yeah. your third major of these movies. Now we're gonna give it to you. Yeah. And it's like I don't know. Each of them probably could have won Best Picture if you wanted to do that, but they never would. Well, and I think that they yeah. I mean he he maybe could have got more awards if it wasn't three years back to back. Yeah. Right? Like they're there could have been but at the same time i so what i decided to do and i know the awards don't really mean that much i looked up all of the awards that they were nominated for across the three movies Mm -hmm. and what's interesting about it is the academy ends up giving them even if you know even if they didn't win the award in the category they were nominated in let's say for the fellowship they get nominated for it again in the return of the king and then they win it Mm -hmm. so it's like you know, even if you missed it at the start or in the middle, you still end up getting the award long haul. So like across the three movies, I think they only missed, I think it was two awards that they were nominated for. I don't remember the other, but the uh, the main snub is actually Best Supporting Actor. Ian McKellen was up for it, right? In, yeah, uh, exactly. Fellowship. Yeah. And that's and the only acting nomination it is it is it's shocking now ridiculous now for that time period it it does make sense i mean there were some really phenomenal movies coming out at that time um you know i don't want to i don't want to like diss all of those uh because you may as well give acting to movies that like you know have maybe like that's their core function is to showcase this actor's performance but whereas the lord of the rings is not trying to make any one person stand out Which is honestly, I think, why it's more impressive, because everyone in The Lord of the Rings is giving their A game. 
even like actors who aren't a-list actors and it's really not an a-list cast no at the the time i would say probably um saruman Uh, christopher lee christopher lee yeah thank you (laughs) yeah i forgot his name (laughs) saruman Um, you know saruman lee the, the the guy who got uh you know dumped in in two awesome mainline trilogies <laughs> yeah they really just he his, there's a his, meme a meme about that but yeah probably. you know count dooku was in it for like two seconds mm-hmm. saruman wasn't even in it unless you watched the extended extended aka real version of the movie exactly yeah a little more by the book but even then he's basically in it for like two minutes well and then they also they kill him off uh in like not the correct way even the extended like it doesn't it's not really accurate yeah for to the book you mean yeah yeah Yeah. um and ian mckellen was probably pretty big because of i mean x-men had just come out so i think people were starting to think hey that's magneto yeah i Um, think there's that and then uh actually i'm just now remembering elrond uh hugo weaving yeah there's a lot of so uh, i don't know the time frame with matrix but i assume matrix at least the first one would have been before yep yep so So, he'd have been kind of a big deal sorry i keep stepping over you Mm -hmm. um to go to the rewatchables the the that guy the lord of the rings is kind of full of that guys Mm -hmm. where you're like hey elijah wood like he was a child actor (laughs) and like hey sean astin was in the goonies or you know um Mm -hmm. vigo mortensen had been in stuff Liv Tyler was just in Armageddon, which I still will say is a great movie. It's a great movie. It's amazing. But... It is amazing what they accomplished with the people that they did. And like actually going back to Star Wars, like that's what that's what George Lucas did with The New Hope. I mean, it, mm-hmm. like Harrison Ford was kind of the only known entity at the time. And he wasn't uh, even really that known. And Al Guinness, sorry. Yeah. Wanna, you know. Ooh, um, have you seen The Bridge on the River Kwai? No, it's in my watch list. So me and Evan, it. aka Jello, uh, actually talked about that on. So for those who don't know, I think I mentioned the last time I had another podcast called "The Differing Cinematic Tastes of Jello and Oliver." That's on like an indefinite hiatus. Um, will it ever come back? I don't know. But we actually talked about the Bridge on the River Kwai. Uh, he chose that. Our friend Evan chose that for me to watch. And I was like, oh, it's really long. Like, it's two, and, I think it was two and a half hours, which isn't really that long compared no. to some yeah, other that's, movies. That's pretty good. But um, I watched it and it was like, it was from the 50s. Keep in mind that I'd bought this movie, you know, because I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we watched it and it was really impressive. And Alec Guinness is really good in that movie. So everyone always thinks of him as Obi Wan. But go back and watch The Bridge on the River Kwai because he's really good in that movie. Yeah, he was sort of in Star Wars almost like, I don't know, like a cameo performance. Um, You know, he had already made his name elsewhere. And obviously he became Obi-Wan because like Star Wars is such a cultural, culturally iconic movie. But, you know, if you consider before that time, like, he had starred like anybody like you know like brad pitt isn't necessarily known for like one role um i have never heard brad pitt compared to alec guinness but well, there you I go now, I, now i've done it and i think that might have been for and again you know you never know where you read this or hear these things but maybe having alec guinness i think having alec guinness kind of gave it 
some star power, no pun intended. Um, Peter Cushing was also in the original Star Wars, and he was in a lot of old horror movies. So I think those two were probably like the, hey, we have actual actors in our movie, when, you know, now you're like the most famous person to come out of that was Harrison Ford, for sure. And I guess, I don't know uh, James Earl Jones, I don't know what his, like, how famous he was as a voice actor at the time. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, he definitely, you know, his career ramped up from there. Oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, he's done so much. He even did a version of the Bible, like, on tape. Uh, well, back he, when that was, like, a big, you know, thing to do. I discovered he is in, he's actually, so he must have, like, a, uh, I guess, some religious ties there. He he starred in Jesus of Nazareth, the HBO series, which is ancient, Uh as one of the three wise men and i i rewatched it this is like an old like the family would watch this every year mm -hmm. uh type of thing that probably most people didn't really see but i was watching it and i was like wait a minute <laughs> that's james earl johns <laughs> like <laughs> what's he yeah. doing <laughs> you know yeah. dressed up dre dressed up as a as one of the wise men um <laughs> and he was pretty young too so is that you james know, earl it, jones is that, is that James Earl Jones? <laughs> um, the counter to that, though, is I've noticed a lot of uh, religious movies will have, like, someone kind of famous as a name. Like, I've seen Sean Astin in, in movies where you're like, is that Sean Astin in here? It's like, so they, they got at least someone that people have heard of. Um, so, I, I don't know. But, yeah, James Earl Jones at least after star wars definitely ramped up like you said so where i don't even know where this train of thought is going <laughs> yeah man you're because... running the show i don't <laughs> well that's i'm just scary... here to derail it <laughs> that's a scary thought because i don't even know what i'm running half the time but i think pop oh i remember i we were going to talk about our first jobs oh yeah all right well who who should go first here uh, you can go first. You're older than me. You probably had a job before I did. All right. All right. Yeah. So I, well, I don't know about that. I, uh, my first job was working at KFC, um, as a cook and okay. it was sort of an interesting time in life because I had, uh, just gotten my license and you know, you, you want to have some sort of, uh, disposable income whenever you're in high school and you want to be able to drive your car and pay for the gas in it and all those things. Um, and so, uh, basically there was this, this pressure to go get a job. Right. And so I went down to Dunkin' Donuts actually, and I applied there and I was like, you know what? I really don't want to work there. I <laughs> couldn't really get it out of my mind. I was like, I don't want to work in this environment. I don't want to be people facing. Uh, I don't want to like work a cash register like really, if if I could be the guy in the back making the donuts, that would be great. Uh, yeah, which that's it turns fair. out they don't they don't do you know unless unless it's a big store, they actually get their donuts sent in from like the donut place. <laughs> that's why they're not good. Sometimes, yeah, it depends Dunkin on donuts your Dunkin'. Is not, their breakfast sandwiches are good. Their donuts are not. Oh, I see. I really like their donuts, but I I know that a lot of people disagree with that. Uh, well, this is where I uh, I 
go high and mighty being from erie we have mighty fine donuts and jack frost donuts so yeah, 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 yeah we've got a couple options that are better than anything well duncan holds a special place in my heart for a few reasons but i uh i guess we can go on that tangent i so growing up we would have them you know that was a treat as a family and then we would have them on vacation that my grandparents would bring them up to canada whenever we were there um, okay, so you have a reason. <laughs> well, and and then actually, no, most significantly, uh, it was also the site of our first date, uh, my wife and I. So <laughs> thank you for clarifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I needed to get that out. It's like, oh my gosh, can you imagine if I talked about Duncan without that? Um, so that's the the main thing. Um, but yeah, okay. so I did yeah, not want to work. Really cool. I didn't want to work at Duncan. Uh, so I. I had a friend who was working at KFC and he said, you know, if you apply, you'll, you'll get the job, which in our town was somewhat rare because high school jobs were like actually coveted. It was like, there weren't enough of them to go around. Hmm. Um, so I, I went down to KFC, I applied, uh, basically filled out my application and interviewed in the restaurant at, at a table with one of the managers. And I don't really know, I don't know anymore what, a what those interviews are like for, uh, like very intra level jobs like that. But it was, uh, I remember it being significant. And then of course I got the job and I got to be a cook at KFC with, um, several of my friends. It was pretty awesome. Like my brother worked there, uh, and two of my best friends worked there simultaneously. Uh, a couple of other friends worked there and for like one month, we all overlapped, uh, oh, of employment there. Fun. And it was such a good time because it was like everybody apart from the manager um, <laughs> in the restaurant was like just friends, like and actually hung out and were friends outside of, you know, that that setting. And so yep. we we just were, you know, it was a blast. We actually did perform pretty well. I guess we got like the KFC location of the, the state for that for that nice. month, which was pretty cool. Um but yeah, I love it. I I'm not sick of of fried chicken or KFC food. I still love it. Uh, and yeah, it was it was a pretty good first experience. Definitely one of those like you work in a restaurant or in the food industry, and you know that is a great place to start because you cut your teeth on a lot of kind of gritty experiences that you don't you're not going to get in other environments. Yeah. So my first job was also in the food industry. Mine was a little different. I didn't get a job until I had just graduated high school. Um, I worked at a Ponderosa. Ooh. Yeah, which I don't know. I think there's like one or two still in existence somewhere. Was it the uh, one in Erie that yeah, I've been to? Well, uh, there were two in. There was one in Erie and one in Harbor Creek near Barron. Oh, okay. I worked I, I at the one up there. by the mall. Okay. Yeah. So, uh. You know, for those who don't know, it's it's a buffet kind of salad bar type place. You can act, order steak or actual food like you order a meal or you can eat off the salad bar. Um, they had really good chicken wings that weren't covered in anything. They were literally just fried and they were delicious. And I, I wish I could have a Ponderosa chicken wing right now. Mm. Um, but I worked as a cashier. I got hired like right out of high school uh, before college. So I was not good at it and I kind of hated it. <laughs> um, 
you know, no offense to anyone who worked at Ponderosa and is listening to this show, which is probably not a very big Venn diagram. No, but well, I mean, maybe if they know maybe. you. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um. Well, so first off, you know, I guess first jobs go one of two ways, which sounds like an obvious statement. Like, yours was really good. Mine was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, yeah. And I was going through some stuff in my own life at the time that I didn't really know what I was doing in general. So what like, time period is this? How old? How old would you say you were? I was 17. 17. Yeah. So yeah. same same age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was a cashier and a host. Um, and the like that itself was not bad. Like seating people was pretty easy you know, being a cashier was pretty easy. The only annoying thing is that they ordered at the front. So like they had to actually order with me. The only annoying thing is that I had to do my job. Um, <laughs> it's, it's always funny. Like, you know, in any job, like you, you start to complain and then you're, you're like, oh yeah, that's in the like, that's job description. What my job is. <laughs> that's, that's like, the only what annoying thing was do. having to take people's orders. Like, yeah, that's what we're paying you for. Right. Um, no, a lot of was the side work was annoying like mm. like you know filling dessert displays and uh you know checking bathrooms every now and then hopefully not at the same time but uh i still remember i don't know if my boss was being serious or not or if he just wanted to see if i would do it but there was like grout in the well in the floors like in between the tiles and it looked dirty like I, mm -hmm. I don't know if I thought food got in there or something and he told me to grab a spoon and like clean it out okay so I actually did with and a spoon I, yeah I don't know why it was a spoon but a spoon comes to mind and so strange <laughs> so part of me now was thinking he just wanted to see if I would actually do it it might have been a test it yeah. might have been. He also, I mean, he was a really nice guy. Like, I have nothing against him if he's listening to this. Like, I I have no issue with him. Like, it was fine. Oh, come on. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. He was a good guy. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I'm just, I, I always remember that. But what I remember the most about working at Ponderosa is it happened in October of 2011, I was seeing all these posts on Facebook about like, oh, I'm really going to miss working there. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to, you know, I can't believe this happened. And so I get a hold of a coworker. And at that point, I'm really working like one day a week because um, college had started. Mm -hmm. And could I have worked other days? Probably. But, you know, I, I was fine with them thinking that I could only work Saturdays. Um, I found out via facebook that the restaurant had closed and i no longer had a job wow yeah wow what an age of social media honestly yeah. that and like... just the day before my boss had called me and asked if i could work but i was in ohio so i was literally out of state and so we like to joke that because i couldn't go in for work that's why they closed they're like, oh, it's it's over. We couldn't get Brian in. Let's pack it up. <laughs> but I still... You, was, you have some guilt. <laughs> it was the weirdest way. Like, I, I didn't even, like... I mean, they would have told me eventually. That's so strange. I found out via Facebook. It was so weird. And also, I'll never... Like, there's no Ponderosa there anymore. I don't get to eat chicken wings. Wow. 
Yeah. Wow, it's like the rug was just pulled out from under you. And again, uh, you know, uh, I I think uh, I don't know why I didn't just get another job right from there. But eventually, uh, as you know, I started working at Barrand, mm-hmm. you know, in the the cafeterias and the dining halls. Um, and that I really enjoyed. So silver you did, lining. You did what I could not. Yeah. You couldn't work at Barrand? Well, it was uh, I partially it did not occur to me uh and then, <laughs> and then the other the other part of it was like i was i just felt constantly somewhat slammed either between classwork social experiences and and other things going on it was just like it didn't really fall into a category of things that i thought i should do and looking back it was like it was probably a miss because i probably could have made time to even make just a little bit of cash on the side which well, not been... even that it's really the people you worked with were really fun oh yeah i mean everybody at like at the dining halls especially looked like they were having a good time like there was some nice camaraderie going on in the kitchens and stuff so when i worked there as a student because i also worked there after i graduated uh, but when i worked there as a student i always my favorite shift was like 6 a.m to 10 a.m uh because i would work either making breakfast or I'd help them deliver the stuff to the other places on campus. And you had to be a little crazy, I thought, to work at 6 in the morning. Like, to willingly work at 6 in the morning. You do. Like, you really do. The other students, I mean, not like not the for the full-time workers. Obviously, you're scheduled, whatever you're scheduled. Right. But as students, we chose our schedules. We chose our shifts. So you had to be a little crazy to work at 6 in the morning. Uh, so we had a lot of fun. Uh, so that, that was more... And I worked off and on at Barron. So let's see. So I worked there every like school year from sophomore year till I graduated. Then I came back and I worked at a cart. Uh, after that, I worked in housing, cleaning dorms. Whoa. Then I left. And then I came back, worked at Dobbins, which is the cafeteria one, got transferred down to Bruno's, which is the more a la carte one got transferred back up once someone came back to work and then got transferred back down to Bruno's two days later. So, oh my gosh, I have basically, I, I worked almost everywhere in housing and food services at Barron. Um, there's a couple places I missed, but almost everywhere. And honestly, the last time when I worked, I was a fryer. Like I, I, I pretty much exclusively fried foods and, and kept up on other things too, but Mm-hmm. loved it you're like a loved celebrity it. in the in like the health and food service like the whole group i'm sure everybody I want, like kind of knew you there i want a plaque yeah or just a brick that's like this is brian's brick this is to commemorate this kid who worked here <laughs> well and you know paying tuition too it's like you sort of feel like you should get yeah you know at least give me like a little sign above like a urinal or something like this yeah, one right? is, is dedicated to matt you know, there was a name tag in a uh, in a stall at Barron in one of the buildings, and I ripped it off one time, but it didn't come off all the way. It was like a sticker tag, um, and last I knew, which was probably four years ago, it was still there. Wow. Because I went and, yeah, so I'm like, wow, good. Good I adhesive. Guess, I, it's a good <laughs> adhesive. Good job, 3M or whoever manufactured that sticker. 
Um, but I think that's gonna do it for today's episode. What do you think, Slippy? Yeah, pretty full of uh, very useful information, I would say. So yeah, I'm gonna have to go through like when I write the episode. Dis- oh, something fell. <laughs> I know well, I've I guess, had a lot of background noise here too. So. I guess this is a good time to end. But um, yeah, going through the show, like when I write the description for the episode, I'm gonna have like to like tons of things because we went through about like 15 topics i think maybe 30 no it was uh, we went through a lot of stuff yeah, maybe maybe 10 15 yeah i mean at least seven um and we didn't intend to and this is what i want for the show though is for us to just like what are we talking about like well, i don't know let's yeah. start the episode talking about taxes because that's what, what's going on right now sure but, is i mean come on <laughs> taxes am i right taxes everyone everyone in america uh we're not gonna listen uh, <laughs> they shot us off because it was the first thing they're like yeah there's this new podcast uh they talk about taxes so uh, you know it's some econ podcast i don't know some finance podcast uh we'll talk about i think we have in the show notes uh, economics i don't know i remember taking some econ classes for some reason but yeah, I took macro and micro. Um, yeah. And then, you know, since like I, I live and work in this economy, so of course <laughs> I'm an expert. In this economy? In in the the economy, the world. Uh, economy. <laughs> so we may have a guest on next episode. We are trying to to get that sorted out. Uh more details to come on our Facebook page, which we have. Uh I think technically there's a Twitter. I don't know if I have access to it, but I no, I do. I was just it's tweeting. Is it tweeting anonymously or autonomously? Autonomous. <laughs> We've created artificial intelligence. Avengers we're, age we're of snorkeling with narwhals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, that's gonna do it for today's episode. I am Brian, and I'm Slippy, and this has been snorkeling with narwhals. See ya. Mm-hmm.